What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? Doing pretty good. Uh, I just looked at the weekly pick results, and I, I was not thrilled with the results. Uh, it was not Sean great. got a lot right. <laughs> Compared to, like, me and you, I think we're tied with six. About seven if the Chiefs win. But I was just like, oh, good God, he's in the lead already, damn it. I don't even know if I picked the Chiefs. You did. Every single one of us did. That's good. I I, I must have checked myself because I am I am almost positive I typed out the Giants first. Well, uh, we picked like the Lions and like a couple of the other teams. It's probably a good idea that we uh, went the conservative route with the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, it was not great. Uh, crazy week of football. We are here to talk about everything week eight, including injuries, highlights, lowlights, and then also give you guys some waiver advice. Uh, before we get started, just remember that we are a podcast network. We've got quite a few shows on this podcast feed. So if you like what you hear tonight, you'll like what you hear from those shows as well. Uh, so just go ahead and click that little bell notification or turn notifications on for your favorite podcast app, whatever, however you want to listen or watch us. Or if you don't want to, who cares? Uh, I care. Uh, How'd they hear this then? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they didn't. So, Uh, all right, Randy, do you have anything to add before we just jump right in? No, let's get into the depression quick. Let's just. Yeah, we go. Yeah, that's that's how this goes. We go depressed, happy, depressed, and then kind of depressed when we talk about waivers. So, uh, first we start with (laughs) injuries. Week. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The first injury we probably should talk about is Derrick Henry. Foot injury, he's having surgery tomorrow morning or today if you're listening to this on the podcast. He is out six to ten weeks. Mike Vrabel said he is not ruling him out for the season, says there's absolutely a chance that he could come back. Randy, first of all, do you expect him to? Uh, Second of all, what do you think of their quick fix in Adrian Peterson? I like it. I mean, if, if he's played, if he hasn't dropped off even slightly from last year, I like it. Um, the, the problem is there's a good chance he gets hurt. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked if they're one of the teams to try and make a deal for a guy in an expiring contract. So they don't have to commit to it long-term. Um, that's kind of my plan. I picked up AP pretty much everywhere. I don't really trust Jeremy uh, McNichols to have a, a bigger role. I don't think they want him pounding the ball. So it's, they're going to put someone in that role. And right now it's AP. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, Derek Henry has gotten more targets than we thought he would, but they still don't use the running backs in the passing game a ton. So I wouldn't like, obviously I don't think AP is getting every down all the work, but I also don't think that McNichols has a ton of value either. Uh, But with this injury, man, I, I don't think we've seen someone get this injury it feels like we haven't seen someone get this injury and come back in the same season. Uh, and generally, it takes a lot of extra rehab, extra game speed time to get ready. I mean, look at I mean, there's been a lot somewhat recently. The first one that comes ahead uh, is Hollywood Brown coming into the league, and it took him probably six or seven games to get where he <laughs> needed to be, I would say. Yeah, obviously that was a couple years ago. Now I'm just saying that's the first one that popped to my head. I thought we had someone this year too, but I can't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's not good for the Titans, who definitely relied on him. Now this game, we'll, we'll talk about 
one person in particular from this game in a little bit, so I don't want to spoil it, but uh, we'll talk about the Titans outlook moving forward. Next injury, Amari Cooper. I did want to throw him on here. He had a hamstring injury. He was stretching it out. He came back in, caught the game-winning touchdown, but I didn't hear a report today. It feels like it might be something to monitor. We know that Amari gets banged up here and there. Uh, How are you feeling about Amari? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. He has been big time for them like he is their go-to guy uh no matter who's at quarterback unfortunately uh so i really love what he's been doing this year this hamstring has been coming back all year uh so with the gallop return in somewhat limited capacity i'd say this week um i would be surprised if this isn't like a if he's not at least 90 percent. i wouldn't be surprised if they just give him a week to just get back to full health like let's just take the second take the breather um but when he's been in he hasn't necessarily gotten like this massive target share that's definitely been more gallop and uh not gallop, uh lamb on the tight ends uh but he's been the go-to guy he's been the big play guy and he's uh he did very good last night <laughs> even with playing what felt like only like two-thirds to half the game yeah yeah amari I think he had 13 targets last night, which I would just absurd uh, yeah. with Cooper rush. I think that's what's absurd about it. Like with Dak, I could get that against the Vikings, but um, okay. Jameis Winston, ACL and MCL done for the year. Do you think the saints had a quarterback? I don't know. Me neither. I did. This is uh, one where like, I, I feel like Taysom is definitely going to get the, the chance and we saw him get the chance last year, and he was feasible. Uh, it was okay. But they are a legit playoff team. Like, they are a yeah. very good football team right now. So, I, I heard – For me, for me uh, Simeon, Simeon didn't look bad. Like, he yeah. definitely can't lead this team, but he wasn't terrible. The problem with putting in Hill as, like, the forever guy is, one, he's not durable as we've seen. Uh, and then you get to the second point where they kind of have to entirely change the offense. Yeah. And I, what's been working for them so far is just giving Kamara and now Mark Ingram the ball just the entire game <laughs> and hoping the defense could hold the other team. So for that, I think you have to bring in someone else. I don't think you could trust Simeon to be that rotational guy. Now, would it be a guy like Cam who kind of is a combination of what Hill and what Simeon would do, I'm not even going to say Jameis at this point, uh, or okay. do you look somewhere else? I mean, is Andy Dalton available uh, with Fields finally looking good once everyone, uh, the coaching staff seemed to believe was out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about there's, that. There's a lot of questions there. And the worst question of all is we didn't answer all the questions for Jameis. So no. do they keep him long term? I don't really think so. Like, I think I think he gets another prove it deal, man. I think he gets I another think he year does to too. prove it. It just sucks because he like he was so up and down, but even his down games weren't like as bad as his down games of the past. He took still. care of the football. That that was the difference. Like even if he wasn't as explosive, and he was running a Drew Brees esque offense still. Except wow. the good thing is that like he was able to stretch the field. He threw a touchdown pass in this game that was, what, 40 yards, I think, something like that, to Traquan Smith. Uh, yeah. Just 
stuff that we didn't get to see from Drew Brees late in his career. And it was kind of exciting to watch Jameis move through this offense and kind of develop. It sucks that we're not going to see it. I heard on a podcast, I think Nora Princiati said it on the Ringer NFL show today. She suggested Tyrod Taylor. And I think that would be a really good fit. Um, if we get the Tyrod that played really, really well in those first two weeks this year. Problem being. <laughs> uh, we don't know if we'd get that. Well, and also he's it, the starting quarterback for the yeah, Houston Texans. I arguably it does make sense for the Texans to just give the reins to Mills for the rest of the season, truly get a full feel for him before you go on to move on to the next part of your future, even yeah. though they're far, far depth away. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Tyrod would be a huge pickup. Um, I think seeing like, I don't necessarily think the Broncos are looking to trade lock, but that would be a good move for some of these teams to get possible chance of the future as well. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a situation to monitor for this week. I didn't put him on the waiver list, but uh, pick up Taysom Hill probably if he plays and they run that offense that they did last year, he's probably a QB one every week. So, yep. You know he sucks. He's not a quarterback. Well, it's, Jalen, it's it's a worse version of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, but a worse version of Jalen still back in one, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Rob Gronkowski left the game with back spasms in his first game back, but it sounds as though uh, he'll be okay. It sounds as though they're they're going into their bye week, and then uh, it sounds as though he'll be back. So I, I just yeah, put they, this on here. They put out like him and Sherman played a couple snaps then went out and then afterwards i said ah we probably shouldn't even play them it's like what <laughs> yeah what are you doing <laughs> yeah i don't but in their mind they wanted to get him a couple game reps see how close they were i think and then they yeah. wanted to bring him right back out unfortunately for them gronk had a couple back spasms which is his really achilles heel of the last part of his career so that's yeah. that's a little worrisome yeah, for sure. Uh, James Robinson, a little more serious. He had a bruised heel. Sounds like uh, something that he probably could have played through. He was questionable to return. Urban Meyer never put him back in. Did you get an update on this by chance? I did not. Neither did I. <laughs> I haven't seen anything today. Uh, we'll talk about the the contingency plans if James Robinson misses. I did want to mention that heading into this week, James Robinson ranked as the number one running back in DVOA. He was performing very very well so don't drop him if you currently have him and he is injured uh and you don't have ir spots because everyone in the league's hurt but uh all i all i see is it is completely day-to-day and they are not ruling him out for this week by any means yet so that That, i mean that's good what do you really do with that (laughs) yeah I would just it, it might be an Antonio Gibson situation where you monitor it all the way up until game time on on Sunday. So okay. sucks. All right, uh, Sam Darnold left the game with a concussion. He is probably out this week, from what I've seen. He is full fledged in the protocol. Uh, PJ Walker is going to start. We're not going to talk about PJ Walker anytime on this episode. So uh, just just tough for Sam Darnold, who graded as PFF's highest graded quarterback this week before leaving with the injury. So. Sam Darnold, 3.0, baby. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then lastly, Jalen Rager left with an ankle. Still don't have an update on this one either. I didn't see anything. Um, 
but he was rolled out fairly quickly. So I, I kind of think this might be like a multi-week injury, but yeah, he was cut off, but Sirianni said that he hoped he's hopeful they'll return quickly. So I'm not sure it's like a, like an IR trip. I think it's less than that. Maybe even play this week, but I doubt it. Do you have interest in Quez Watkins if he is out? No. This it's not on Quez's talent. I just don't like what do you even Devonta Devonta Smith had like what one target? I don't even know if he had one catch. Like it was a terrible they, game. They it was won. a it was a strange, strange game, man. I looked at the score and I pulled up the stats. I was like, Oh yeah, they're all tearing up. I looked at and no one was doing well except for Boston Scott, who we will talk about in a little bit. Uh and Jordan <laughs> Howard. Yeah, which is wild. Uh, rest in peace to Kenneth Gainwell. I don't know what happened there. Uh, uh, all right. Bad coaching. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Let's get into our highlights because this is the, the happy part of this show. And we are going to start, yeah, of course, with Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, shock. yeah so Justin Fields. Uh, had a great day. He had over 100 yards rushing. He ranked as the top rushing quarterback of week eight. Uh, he had, I believe, the third highest uh, quarterback rushing grade of the season, but he also was pretty good through the air. 19 of 27, 175 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Pick was another <laughs> pass that should have been completed. It went right off Darnell Mooney's hands. He ranked seventh in completion percentage over expectation after leading the league in that metric in week seven. So he is top 10. I believe he is seventh overall, maybe ninth overall over the last two weeks. Uh, By far his best game looked to be a breakout type of game. He said leading up to this that he was feeling a breakout and then he went out there and kind of had one meaningful because like Randy mentioned earlier, Matt Nagy was ruled out with covid and that was the the biggest blessing in disguise. My question to you, do you think that Matt Nagy's return this this week probably is going to lead to regression from Fields? Is he going to revert back to his shit self? I think it's going to lead to some regression. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to get somewhere in the middle because yeah. I think if it goes all the way back, it'll be the most clear, like, oh, well, it's all naggy. Let's just fire him midseason because <laughs> yeah. I, I think we will get a little bit in between, though, because I it felt like he just had kind of a little bit of guidance with a lot of control. And that's why we saw a looser offense or more um, it, not really like broken play a ton, but like feels just felt comfortable. He didn't feel like he was trying to fit into a role he was just playing football dude yes that's that's the stressful part for me obviously watching justin fields this year is he has been very indecisive he looks nervous to make plays he didn't want to use his feet they didn't roll him out a ton and in this game it felt like every other play they were doing a play action boot or even just a straight play action drop back and that really really opens it up for justin fields and I forget who stepped in as head coach and play caller in this game. Wasn't it like special teams or something? I think so. And and play calling might have been on uh, Bill Lazor still. However, 
they understood that play action gives you an extra couple of feet. That That's really all play action does. Like, I don't think too many people were afraid of Khalil Herbert in this game. He didn't have a great game. Uh, and Damian Williams left early. So the, the play action really was out there to create space for Justin Fields. This is something that needs to be a staple of this offense. I worry that it won't be. They need to fire Matt Nagy really this morning. Uh, but I think they give him one more week. If the, if he does regress significantly, I think he's out after after next week. Would you there's agree a good with chance. That? Yeah, there's a good chance. I I'm never like full on like oh of course this head coach is gonna get fired mid season because it is such a rarity really. Yeah, but yeah, they they really should get a head start on their their head coaching search because it doesn't. They're firing him after the year anyway, so like just. Just do it, I think. Oh, my God. Whoops. <laughs> I definitely tried uh, to click on the other side of my screen. And my screen just said no. Just said okay. no. Um, all right. Next next piece of news. Uh, Cooper Cup. I, I just wanted to talk about Cooper Cup. Uh, you, you guys like that? That's nice. I, Randy created that. Um, most yards in NFL history. <laughs> yeah. In the first eight games. Cooper Cup has the most yards and touchdowns in NFL history. Uh, he is pacing for nearly 2,000 receiving yards and 20 touchdown catches. The crazy part is he's not even getting a ton of the touchdowns. I mean, I mean, he obviously he has 10 touchdowns, but Robert Woods has scored. Give me one second here. Uh, four or five. He's got four through the air, and I believe he rushed one in. So it's so it's not like uh, he's not scoring either. Yeah, he's almost at a season cap. It's crazy. Yeah, very true. <laughs> uh, so this Rams offense is uh, indestructible, it feels like. It doesn't matter really who they oh, – I know boy. this week. You had to I say that, that, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I This week, obviously, was against a, team, a very, very lesser team in the Texans. However, uh, the addition of Von Miller on the other side of the ball is going to be significant, I think, because – Opposing teams aren't going to be able to do anything against that defense anymore. Uh, how are you feeling? Do you have many shares of Cooper Cup, first of all? I do not. And it's not yeah, I mean, for a lack of belief in Cup. It's just yeah, it's how the it team builds worked. Yeah. Well, because it, it was, I mean, think of how a lot of my teams are built. It's running back heavy. Cup was going around the same time as Woods, who is my A1 receiver. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and a lot of the time, people, I, I know what uh, average draft position uh, showed by far Woods was above Cup, but it seemed like in a lot of our leagues, it was the opposite, where people were still favoring Cup and questioning Woods. So I, I really didn't have the chance. I definitely would have taken him to give some variety, but the only yeah. problem I have with this is last week, not necessarily in here, but in a lot of our group chats and leagues, it, it was talked about how crazy and like Derrick Henry's on pace for 459 and like 2,200 yards and this many. And we just did that for Cup. He's leading the league. He's on pace for two. Th- it's like, oh, God, please no. Please no. Yeah. I, I will knock on some wood uh, so that he doesn't get hurt this week. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he's doing quite well though. So, um, full send on Cooper. I mean, wide receiver one, and I don't think that anyone's really dethroning him this year if, if he keeps up this pace again. Knock on wood though. 
uh, hope for good health. Next thing, uh, in one of the most shocking developments in the world, uh, Mike White comes in. I literally just typed what the fuck in here. Uh, 37 for 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, The headline is a joke, everyone. Uh, Obviously, Zach Wilson was the number two pick. I believe that he will start when he comes back from injury. However, Robert Sala didn't do a great job in diffusing any conversation that he won't be. He basically said, you never rule anything out long term. The world is in front of Mike White. Uh, he's basically saying like it, it, it felt like a challenge to Zach Wilson to uh, yes, Zach Wilson is probably our quarterback, but now we have this guy that can run this offense. And if he doesn't perform, he could see the bench. Are you nervous about Zach Wilson's outlook? No, okay. uh, mainly because I don't think white repeats his performance. Um, I mean, in, in two weeks, he has, I believe like 500 yards about, three touchdowns and four picks <laughs> in a stat light from this game was four Oh five, three touchdowns, and two picks. Yeah. So I think that shows his, I think they just had a, a great game plan for him, uh, yes. which begs into question. Why wasn't that game plan for Zach Wilson? And I think that's kind of why Sala, who's definitely as a defensive coach, he's, he's dealt with a lot of injuries in the past and like, next man up mentality a lot especially on defense you kind of have to have that uh and i think he just bred that in here where wilson has been very very up and down this year with a lot of really really down but that's expected with the rookie quarterback i'm not like hating on him for any means that's kind of exactly what we expected from him with this team and this roster but yeah i think it's you never roll anything out it's just sending a message to wilson to say hey you can't be throwing five picks a game. You can't be like, you have to play like white just did. I think that's kind of where it is. And I would say the team looked to rally around white, which was probably why Salah liked it more. Yeah. The the one thing I will say about Mike white's performance. Yes. Impressive stat line. Uh, However, a lot of yak, a lot of dump offs. Uh, Michael Carter and Ty Johnson were two of the, three leading target getters in this game. So it's just, that's how Mike white plays. And we knew that Zach Wilson doesn't play like that. We know that Zach Wilson will not hit his check down. And so maybe this is just a a call to action. Like, Hey man, take what's there and grow as a quarterback, (laughs) please. please. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Next thing, Davis mills. We, we kind of alluded to it. I didn't make a fun thing for him because I couldn't think of one. Uh, Davis Mills was 29 for 38, 310 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. He had three big time throws per PFF, which I don't know exactly how they constitute it, but it was a pretty high mark. He was top five in the league in this metric. Um, My only question is what prevents them from rolling with him? It, It helps them get a higher draft position if he doesn't do well. And it lets them evaluate if he if he is doing okay. I know that Tyrod was better, and he is definitely the option if they want to win football games. But like, should they stick with Davis? Yeah, of Mills. course. Yeah, I mean, there's a. I believe in our projections. I projected Mills to get ten games because I didn't yeah. project an injury for 
Tyrod, I just expected them to be like maybe at best one and five, most likely all with six. And they're just like, well, fuck it. Let's see what the rookie could do after right. we've already traded Deshaun. <laughs> so uh, I, I, for me, like I said, I think you give Mills the reins. I don't blame you if you keep Tyrod uh, to help him learn and have like a, a secondary option because uh, you never really know. But it, I don't see the the best thing the most value you get from Tyrod right now is if you could trade him for a second round pick or a third whatever you could get him for that's the most value Tyrod brings to your team because uh, I, I arguably I say he probably gets you closer to a W every week than Mills does because of safety and a rushing upside but why not I mean we've seen two games like this for Mills now. And yeah. we've seen a couple bad games. So why not just let this keep rolling? Yeah. And I will say, too, I mean, it, having Nico Collins back, having Brevin Jordan in the lineup, like, the offense, I know it was mostly garbage time. I, I know a lot of this came in garbage time. But, like, the offense looked good uh, when when yeah. they were able to throw the ball. Um, defense, however, very bad for the Houston Texans. So uh, and, and they're set up nicely with, with picks and the NFL draft, which I can't wait to start talking about soon. Uh, all right, next thing, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the headline, who needs receivers? And then old-ass Randall Cobb in the corner here, if you guys are watching. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was not good in this game. And I had a lot of people come to his defense. What did you expect? He has no receivers. Well, you know, it, a lot of it wasn't just the receivers. Like, Aaron Rodgers was uncomfortable. He was thrown into the ground. But they found a way to win this football game. Granted, if A.J. Green knows what he's doing on Thursday night uh, and and doesn't just go to block, I think we have a different narrative. But are you taking the Packers for real, uh, seriously, moving forward? I, I mean, mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that we weren't before. I guess my, my question is framed. The defense won this game, and now we know that yeah. the Packers can win in multiple different ways. Would you say that they're at the top of the NFC with no. like the Rams and the Bucks? Second tier, I think they're, third tier. I think they're step below still. Okay, because I really don't think their offense has gotten to that point yet. Like in it, into their defense, it's been a lot of moving parts. Uh, Cobb is just now kind of getting back into the flow of things after not really being used a lot of places of late. Yeah. Uh, so and then. It, I'd like to see what they do at the tight end position because while Tunyon wasn't scoring a lot besides the last two weeks, uh, well, obviously he got hurt last game, but uh, he has been running a ton of routes. He's been getting a good amount of targets. It just hasn't produced for fantasy yet. And it was starting to. And I think the best version we've seen of this team was where they were dominating, run the ball. Adams was, he's always open no matter what, but they had, the consistent number two option of Tunyon. I don't know if Lazard becomes that constant number two. I don't know if it's Cobb. I don't know if it's some tight end that they have Mercedes Lewis or they go out and get someone. But I I really want to see development from that before I say they're in that top tier with those two. Yeah. I will say Josiah DeGuara, a highly drafted prospect a couple years ago, or in 2020, uh, third round pick. Could not get lined up properly. The dude was confused. Uh, when he got the ball, he was athletic. 
he looked to be the things that Tunyon, we were hoping Tunyon would be this year. I don't know that they give him a shot, though. If he, Aaron Rodgers was pissed at him uh, multiple yes. times in this game, and it's kind of like a Brady thing. Like Ronald Jones got he angered Brady, and now he doesn't see the field. I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers are on the market for a tight end in the next couple of days. Yep. Well, tomorrow. Next next day. <laughs> next yeah. few hours. Uh, for those four. that don't know, tomorrow at 4 is the trade deadline. 4 p.m., that is. Uh, so Deshaun, Marlon Mack, uh, all those guys, like everyone we've listed over the last couple of weeks, uh, it, any tight end, any receiver, any corner for certain teams, there's uh, there could be a lot of moves. The trade deadline, though, has always kind of been maybe a couple small moves, possibly one big move. Uh, obviously, we've gotten the Von Miller trade today. So that will probably count as our only big move, unfortunately. Uh, but Unless Watson goes, man. Watson would be the only other one. I think Mac. That's could, not a big move. Ronald Jones, think. both of those could be considered big. But see, they would be a big move if they got traded to the Titans or if they yeah. got into a situation. It's a big move for fantasy, not football. That's right. Well, and Mac is not going to the Titans. There's no way that the Colts trade now, him. I don't agree with that. Really? Okay. <laughs> Only because, I mean, I, I think Marlon Mack is pretty good, but does them trading Marlon Mack to the Titans for possibly only six weeks. <laughs> does that really hurt, hurt the Colts? Yeah. No. Does it hurt the Colts more than arguably, let's say, a third-round pick does? Hmm. I don't in? think they. I think they get like a fifth, but either way, like well, any but, compensation. But you see, maybe. Well, I, I'm going by like the Bucks are saying they want to be blown away for an offer by Ronald Jones. I think that's probably a third. Uh, a lot of yeah. backup running backs you could probably get for a sixth or a fifth. Right. Mac, because it's in division, I think they would start. The Colts would start with a second or third one yeah. for him. That's, that's my fair. point. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, speaking of the Titans, AJ Brown went absurd in this this game against the Colts. Ironically, for one, yeah, yeah, ten catches on eleven targets, one hundred fifty five yards, and a touchdown. Just an outstanding breakout performance. Julio was not on the field again. Uh, I expect that he'll be back soon, but it is one of those lingering injuries. Uh, now with Derrick Henry being out, Adrian Peterson being introduced. I think these high volume games from AJ Brown are coming. I, I think that you can get used to this 11 targets type of thing personally. Yeah. For me, I last week I was talking in a couple leagues that there's discussions about like, Oh, I can't believe Julio's probably not going to play again. Or I was like, well, with how Henry's playing with how AJ Brown's played all of late, Man, and the how the backup receivers have been playing, I would just put Julio on the three-week IR, let him get completely healthy and come back. But yeah. with Henry down, I don't think you could do that. No. I actually – I expect that Julio will be back this week personally because I, th- I I think he could could have gone in this game. Uh, I know that yeah, he, he didn't did, practice. He did um, try and warm up, didn't he? I, I think he he did he so he got a I believe a limited in on Wednesday but then didn't practice the rest of the week so we'll see we'll see it's something to monitor but I still expect a high target share for AJ Brown like I can concede that 
now especially like I my Julio prediction was based upon the fact that I thought he was going to stay healthy. Um, <laughs> silly and, you. I know. I was. I was. But a silly, in, little in your boy. defense, whenever Julio's been, he's made some great plays. So yeah. Yeah, for a few weeks there, Julio was technically the wide receiver one for the team. Well, uh, AJ Brown was hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're both hurt so freaking much. Yes. All right, let's get into the the very sad things, and we're gonna start with the saddest for us, uh, the Browns wide receivers. So if you you guys recall, who needs receivers? Uh, Cleveland needs receivers. Uh, the the Browns had six drops in this game. They dropped twenty three percent of Baker Mayfield's pass attempts. It was the second worst pass catching performance in the league this season. Odell Beckham, uh, Baker missed him in the seam on the just so he was wide open for so long, and and it was it was Baker's fault, and then it was also Odell's fault at the catch point. It was just yeah, it's a it's a hospital ball, um, but I think it was a needed hospital ball. Yeah, and well, it, it's I understand that Landry and Odell are banged up, but. Landry had two drops and then a fumble. Odell really didn't do much and then had a chance to have the biggest play of the game and basically showed no effort for it. Like, he put one hand up and then he knew he was going to get hit. He kind of just... Dude, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I, I I think another big move could be Odell. Uh... I don't, uh, but personally, I think let's not be shocked if they if there's some receiver available and they bring him in, I'm not talking someone to supplant these two uh, Landry or uh, I am. Odell, but bringing in a stable third option, I think is nowhere near out of the question because they need it. I, I love what DPJ has done. He's banged up. Higgins is inconsistent and makes mistakes. Schwartz isn't ready for it yet. I think he's a good long-term option from what we've seen, but I think if there's a veteran presence, I think it's needed. Yeah. Uh, I One last note on the Browns wide receivers. We maybe could have expected something like this. Shout out to my buddy Lucas and a Browns group chat. Uh, the past three years, Stefanski led offenses in percent of targets that go to wide receivers have ranked 29th in 2019, 26th in 2020, and 29th in 2021. He just doesn't use his wide receivers. Stefan Diggs legitimately requested a trade because he wasn't getting the ball, and that was an offense led by Kevin Stepanski. So, but see, um, he wasn't getting the ball, but it was because Cook and Rudolph were getting a good amount of touches, and then Thielen was getting a ton of work. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't. I, it, it wasn't like no receiver got it. It's. I know. I, I mean, as you pointed out on Twitter, Odell's the leading target getter. It's just not where they just he hadn't was. clicked. And I think, uh, and again, I think if he's fully healthy, it's better. But yeah, it's know. it's bad. Uh, being a Browns fan this week sucks. That was a pitiful performance. Uh, nothing went well. Baker actually played okay. I think he ranks no. 14th in passing grade on the week. So Baker far. played really well after the first two drives. I think the first two drives he was getting back in rhythm with his shoulder. Uh, but and he again, didn't, he didn't play last week. Let's be real with that. Uh, yeah. But after that, he was pretty much on the money the whole game. Yeah. Even so, he, he threw a touchdown pass on the first drive. It was high. Yeah. But Austin Hooper should have caught it. And it's he another one of the drops. It's just yeah. pitiful. 
And that's immediately announced show. That was so high. And I'm like, dude, I feel like nine times, I almost 10 times out of 10, everyone makes that catch. Like <laughs> Njoku makes that catch and that's a touchdown. And then the Browns win. I think Bryant makes that catch. I think yeah. Odell makes, I mean, like even with, it was shoulder issues. I think he gets up and makes that easy. Yeah, it was it was disappointing for sure. But the good part is that there was another disappointing performance within the AFC North. I'm not talking about the Steelers because they were disappointing too. They were just not good. They got lucky. Uh, not lucky. They they played well. But uh, I'm talking oh, about yeah, the, Bengals. the Browns beat the Browns. Yeah, for sure. The Steelers didn't do anything. Uh, but the Bengals uh, did not really beat the Bengals. The Jets just straight up beat the Bengals. The Bengals had an 11 point lead in the fourth quarter. They gave up 14 points in within like a minute and a half or two minutes. Uh, and Joe Burrow looked like 2020 Joe Burrow. Um, it, I don't know if it's regression or if the yeah. Jets just had the perfect game plan, but his EPA per play of zero what ranked very, very low in the league this week. Very bad. Um, Jamar Chase couldn't get going. He had two drops. He did catch a touchdown. Uh, T. Higgins made a really nice catch. But overall, this offense just did not look at all like it had before. And I don't know if it's concerning. I guess we're going to find out this week against the Browns. Yeah, I think it was just a bad game uh, for Burrow. Uh, I hope it continues for at least one more week. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But I think it was just a bad game. And I I would say I think they thought this was going to be a bye week, basically. And that's yeah. what it felt like. And then seeing it just seemed like they couldn't believe what was happening on the other side of the field. Yeah. It was having it, issues. It, it was a classic letdown game. Like they go beat was the crap out of yeah, beat the crap out of the Ravens and then we're looking forward to the Browns. So arguably the Jets were a tougher matchup than the Browns right now. Um all right, next thing. Another struggling sophomore quarterback, Justin Herbert. Um, I put out a tweet today. Dolphins Twitter really loved it. Uh, I think that's their coping mechanism is to just find Justin Herbert is bad tweets and just deal with it that way uh, because Herbert's still a little better than Tua. Uh, But Justin Herbert, worst quarterback in the league in week eight, his negative 1.54 EPA per play ranked very, very near the bottom. I'm curious to see after the Monday night football game where that ranks. And he had a negative 16.3 completion percentage over expectation over the last three weeks. The only person worse in that metric is uh, Sam Darnold. The only person worse in EPA per play is Davis Mills. He's, I know they had a bye week, but even since week six, after that Browns game, he has arguably been the worst quarterback in the league. He doesn't really have a get right game coming up uh so justin herbert's schedule is he gets philadelphia who i guess you could call that a get right game minnesota has actually been good against quarterbacks pittsburgh denver just got just got dotted up by cooper rush they did they did but they've been okay against quarterbacks um outside of maybe if he gets right in the next two weeks i think we can call this a fluke this more to me looks like a second year slump in a new offense that isn't tailored for his strengths whatsoever. I mean, it is like <laughs> he has the weapons to be tailored to his strength. I just think 
like this offense is centered around Keenan Allen playing in the Michael Thomas role and Austin Eckler playing in the Alvin Kamara role. And then you add in what the Saints never had and a top end deep threat possession receiver on the other side of the field. I think this is built perfectly, especially with a guy like Jared Cook at tight end to be a safety net in the middle as well. It's just, I think he's played bad of late. Um, Honestly, the Lions played a little bit worse the last two weeks as well. They've been banged up as well, and they face good rush as well. So um, the, That's my concern thing, for this week, actually. Well, the, the Eagles don't have the greatest pass rush except for interiorly, I would yeah, say. Maybe got Hargrave. And... Which is going to be a struggle for Herbert. And then, yeah, Cox and Hargrave. And then... Yeah. Uh, Vikings just lost Daniel Hunter, so that's going to be a little bit better. Yeah. And then Steelers, we know what they do with pass rush. Broncos yeah. just lost Fod Miller, but are kind of expecting Chubb back by that game. So a little bit of hit or miss there with the Broncos defense. I, I think he turns it around back towards the middle of like the top end we've seen from him so far this year and what he's been the last couple of weeks. But We'll see. If he continues this, it's going to be a very, very sad for all the people that bet uh, for the MVP race for Herbert this year. That's for sure. Um, the, the last point on Herbert, um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. I, I forgot. I was just so intently listening to you, so I don't even have a last point. <laughs> he'll He'll be fine. Oh, I do remember what I was going to say. So last year, he was pretty elite at dealing with pressure and he was pressured a lot last year. His offensive line was way worse than it has been. I think he got comfortable with having a good offensive line the first few weeks where they, they weren't allowing pressure. And now we're kind of seeing that regression. I got into an argument in the off season about why, why will Justin Herbert regress? Well, cause some of his third down and under pressure metrics were not sustainable. And we're kind of seeing that come to fruition. I think I'll turn it around though. So I'm not, I'm not concerned. I just want to, Side note. Uh, last thing before we get to the waivers, Jaguars. Um, pitiful performance. Just uh, as always, um, this is kind of just the staple of the Jaguars. Uh, my only question, because there's not a ton to take from this, are you concerned about Trevor Lawrence's long-term future if he stays within this offense with Urban Meyer? No, not necessarily. Okay. Um, he made it. I he do, made some nice throws. I mean, he did. I do think of the last couple of weeks, this offense has been run through and relied on James Robinson a lot, deservedly so. He's been playing elite. Let's just say it how it yes. is. He did get hurt pretty early in this game. I think it just derailed this offense. Uh, Carlos Hyde is nowhere near that talent. <laughs> uh, I don't even think he necessarily was early in his career. So, and that's from Ohio State fan. Uh, <laughs> Robinson is very, very good, and I I truly think without him, they don't have the pass-catching weapons, truly, uh, especially with Chark down to, to just throw it this much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. there's concern. I mean, it, it, there's an argument that it doesn't matter. He's just getting – as long as he doesn't do, have some bad habits from this season, I think we'll be okay because – Arguably, Urban's probably gone. Uh, I mean, be. best case, he sticks around for one more season for Urban. 
I know the cons are fully behind him, <laughs> as yeah. uh, their tweet kind of stated today. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Um, yeah, I don't know, I, Trevor Lawrence. I I tweeted out one of his throws. I tweet a lot. Uh, just one of his throws under pressure. Someone came back at me. It was a twenty yard <clears throat> in route, and it was it was just a, like a, a normal throw that most quarterbacks make. However. It was a rookie quarterback throwing with anticipation into coverage while getting demolished and thrown to the ground. Impressive stuff. You don't yeah. see that from every rookie quarterback. Oh yeah. Um, so, I know, I know you you have somewhat of a bad reputation of Lawrence because of our offseason takes about how good Fields is, not what yeah. he could be, it's what he is. Uh, in my opinion, I still like. In you had Fields ahead of him. I had Lawrence a slightly head basically tied with fields because uh, i think yeah. both are elite talents yeah. i truly believe lawrence is going to be a, a great quarterback in the league uh, he has every chance to be the top 12 quarterback every single season i just it's the situation the weapons the team building so far we've seen this organization team build correctly one time without the right court well i won't say one time one time in the recent history uh, yeah. with the wrong quarterback. They now have the right quarterback. If they could figure it out again, I, I think there's really good things. It's just you, you have, I mean, you, you you got ETN this year in the first round after you got Lawrence. It was a luxury pick because you had Robinson. Yeah, And you just... had Hyde. And he, like, you had the backup. You didn't really need ETN. You needed other things, and you picked a luxury. I don't necessarily think the rest of the draft was all that perfect either. Um, I think they get a good draft grade because they drafted Lawrence. No shit, everyone could have done that. So, if this organ, if this group stays together, I I would be very curious to see how this draft plays out. Yeah, yeah, me me too, man. They're gonna pick a Lavisca Chanel type wide receiver somehow. Well, that's I think. I would say how this front office and coaching staff is retained or not in that next draft class is more of a bigger indicator than just this one year of playing in this this scheme. That's kind of my point. Yeah, for sure. All right, that'll do it for our depressing things. Let's get into our uh, waiver wire wish list. Now, remember, guys, these players probably are on your waiver wire, but they might not be. Uh, these are just some suggestions based on uh, outlook and, and what we see moving forward. So the first guy that I want to bring up, just get him out of the way, uh, Mike White. We already talked about him. He's only 3% rostered. The reason I'm bringing him up, though, he gets the Colts in Week 9. The Colts are a Tampa 2 defense, uh, very similar to the defense that he just saw, where they promote the underneath routes and the dump-offs, and that's what they want you to take. I think we could see one more big week from Mike White personally. Do you have interest in him in Superflex leagues? In deep Superflex? Yeah. Um, But (laughs) the outlook on Wilson has looked better since the injury. All all we've heard has been good. So to me, I think this is a one-week thing. It's a Thursday night game as well, so it's it's riskier. Uh, you kind of have to make that bet that he's going to have at least a decent performance when there's every chance that this Colts defense, who's been able to get turnovers of late, can 
rattle this kid. And he has thrown two picks each game he's played. So if he doesn't get 400 yards and three touchdowns, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's in the Colts offense has been on fire of late too. So it's crazy. Uh, Carson Wentz, if he doesn't go full Carson Wentz, the Colts are winning that game last week, but he went full Carson Wentz. So, uh, all right. Uh, next guy, Adrian Peterson. Uh, I put 0% rostered. That probably changed since i made this just simply because you could still pick him up before the Monday night football game. He got signed earlier Monday. Uh, if you had Monday night players like Byron Pringle or McCall Hardman, it, it was likely that you just picked up Adrian Peterson. I know Randy did that in a couple leagues. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> and I planned to, but then I forgot. Um, so I'm a bad fantasy manager. However, you guys can still be good fantasy managers. It, Adrian Peterson, floor of like 10 points every week. Like you, you have to roster him, right? Yes. My question to you is uh, – he's on the waiver wire wish list. However, before waiver wires go through the trade deadline goes through. If you are able to just pick him up right now, which a lot of people are, do you try to trade him tonight or tomorrow? Yeah. Well, he's still, here's the thing. I mean, he's expected to be elevated. He was signed to the practice squad. We saw it with Lev yeah. Bell for a week where he just wasn't there yet. I know they need a running back. I think they might want to go get one that's fully ready. So, yes, if you were able to pick him up, um, you probably can't now that Monday Night Football is over. So, um, if yeah, you didn't. I'm, I'm personally going to go in every one of those leagues and put him on the trade block because uh, well, I picked him trading. up in a lot of them. Uh, I know certain teams are desperate for running backs. Uh, people that just lost Henry. I believe I picked him up in our one league together that we have Henry. So, Good yeah. for us. Uh, yeah, we did. We did well there. Don't, don't worry. I got us. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. So uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, Adrian Peterson, probably one of the top waiver wire ads, although there are a couple more guys on here that I might actually prioritize over him. And the next one, I believe, I think I would, I, I don't know for certain yet. Once we get done talking about Ty Johnson, uh, I'll let you know, but Ty Johnson, <laughs> Had a really good week. Three, well, he's had three straight games, so they had their bye week. But he had, he has had three straight games of double digit fantasy performances. He has sixteen targets over the last three games. Uh, One of those was with Zach Wilson, and so the reason I bring that up is, I think that is where the sustainability might come. Uh, Michael Carter's still killing it, and he's still the one A in this backfield. But this is very much one A one B with Ty Johnson being the B. Do you have interest in in Ty Johnson this week, Randy? Yeah. Um, There's – this has played out exactly how me and you expected uh, in the long run, where Ty Johnson is kind of the first and second down slash split that with Michael Carter, who is clearly a better third down back, but I think they both get to work. So this is exactly how we predicted, and the way we predicted that I believe Ty Johnson was fantasy relevant for sure, uh, with Carter being a little bit more just because of PPR. Um, but yeah. Johnson's been consistent. I've been playing him a lot of places. Uh, I, I like his game. That's the thing. Like he's nowhere near elite, uh, but he's, he's consistent. He gets the job done and he, he runs with a, a passion, which is good, especially when you're this level of talent. I mean, let's be real. Uh, yeah. but I mean, and then if you think about it, it only takes 
uh, one other person getting injured and he's even better. So it's at this point of the season, I definitely am not blowing my fab on him yet, but <laughs> I think that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm also in on this. I mean, I have him in places. Um, I got made fun of for how highly I drafted him in a 14 team league dynasty. Um, I just needed a running back at the time and uh, now I'm happy about it. So uh, whatever. Uh, next guy, Boston Scott, 24% rostered, uh, 12 carries, 60 yards, two touchdowns this last week. Like we alluded to, he was pretty much the lead back. Uh, I don't think he even led the team in carries and he didn't get the receiving work. He had one catch, I believe for five yards. Uh, so Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. Yeah. Kenneth Gainwell technically out carried Boston Scott in this game. But the touchdown, the goal line work was Boston Scott's. Um, I don't know what to do with this backfield. Miles Sanders did get placed on the IR. He is out for at least the next two weeks. If Boston Scott's out there, he has to be on a roster. I just don't know if you play him this week or not. It's tough. I really don't know what to expect from this now. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have said Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell split, and Jordan Howard's irrelevant, and Jordan Howard wasn't irrelevant. So – uh, pick him up, and then maybe this is another thing where you just try to trade him, knowing that Miles Sanders will be back, especially if your trade date dead, 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 yeah, trade deadlines are coming up. Yeah, struggle. Uh, if your trade deadlines are coming up too, this is one of those guys where I would be comfortable doing that. All right, uh, next guy, Carlos Hyde, six percent rostered, uh, nine carries, thirty-two yards, eight targets, six receptions, forty yards. He saw sixty-six percent of snaps in this game. And nearly 100% after James Robinson went down with the injury. Randy did obviously inform us earlier that James Robinson is day-to-day. It doesn't sound like he'll miss. So are you passing on Carlos Hyde this week? Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those like, oh, you could uh, you could really like bring him in for like no fab. And in case Robinson is out for one week, I think he would be a, a really good play for you. It's just, yeah, I just don't I, see it. <laughs> I think someone else is going to spend more fab than I'd be willing to. So that's what I would say. Just don't waste your fab on a guy that pr- probably will be irrelevant. Even if it's a one week rental, it's probably not worth a ton of fab. Uh, I know a lot of people said that about Elijah Mitchell earlier in the year. And now he's one of the top Backs in the NFL, Carlos Hyde, we know he is not. So don't worry about it, is what I would say. Uh, next guy, this is the uh, the Jets waiver wire. Uh, Jamison Crowder, 29% rostered, nine targets, eight catches, 84 yards. Obviously, with Mike White at quarterback, he will be playing quarterback this week. He has 30 targets in four games this season, and he's averaging 12.6 fantasy points per game in PPR leagues. That is rosterable. That is absolutely get him on your team. I know in shallow leagues, like it doesn't look sexy, but this was a guy I was targeting all year anyway, assuming that this role was still there for him, even after they drafted Elijah Moore. Looks like it's there. My question, do you think it's going to continue when Zach Wilson takes back over? Yeah. Because he's done this with Zach Wilson. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I he think had he two, two weeks with them. Yeah. Moore just hasn't really. I think he's had like one decent game. He just hasn't done much. 
Kevin, great, great comment here. Uh, I came all the way to YouTube to t- to say you guys rock, and can you believe some dumbass actually compared Tony to Hill? Um, no comment. No, no, I'm not going to comment on that right now. Uh, we'll talk about that off air, Kevin. Um, all right, yeah, Jamison Crowder, the, one of the top wide receiver ads this week. I couldn't really find too many that were uh, worth there's, adding. There's it, not it, Jamal Agnew had a good game. I'm not adding him ever for any reason, unless it's an IDP league and they giving me back his uh, DB eligibility. But they, they took it away. Yeah, they took it away, assholes. Uh, <laughs> no, I respect it. Way to fix it, sleeper. Good job. Um, all right. Next guy, second to last guy, Pat Fryermuth, uh, 26% rostered, seven targets in back-to-back games, and that coincides with when Juju went down. 13 fantasy points per game. He had 12 and then 14. He gets the Bears, the Lions, and the Chargers next. I feel like this is a top 12 guy every week that Juju's out. And guess what? Juju's out for the season. So do you do you expect the same level of output? Do you think this is a fluke? I, this I was know very Ebon, touchdown dependent. This week. Yeah, Ebon wasn't really – he didn't play this week, I believe. Or if he did, he didn't really play. Yeah. Uh, and he's been out of late, so – I mean, Farmuth is clearly the future, and he's very talented. We both loved him in the draft process. I think this is a good fit for him as well. Uh, and we know Big Ben cannot throw downfield, so uh, I think it is a good – if he could fully take over as a tight end one, I think he could be rosterable and fantasy relevant as a back end tight end one. Yeah, I mean, let's let's just lay it out there. I had I made the mistake of doing this with Cole Komet last year. I was really excited about Cole Komet for the back end of the season. Um, Jimmy Graham was there, and he still got red zone targets. And I believe Dave Kluge and I, this was like one of our first interactions where he said, this is not going to happen. Jimmy Graham's still going to get it. With Fryermuth, I don't. I don't see that happening partly because Fryermuth is significantly better than Komet ever was or probably will be. Uh, and I, if Kyle Pitts didn't exist, we'd be talking about Fryermuth in a very, very different way. So I, I think he's startable the rest of the season. So I think you have to pick him up personally. Drop guys like Evan Ingram. If you, I know he scored a touchdown at the end of this game, but like I, I'd be much more comfortable with Fryermuth over Evan Ingram personally. All right, last guy, and kind of we, we, we talked about him too, so it won't take long, but Tyrod Taylor, 12% rostered. He's probably starting week nine. Uh, it sounds like he maybe could have been activated for week eight, but uh, it's an intriguing thing to watch. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, when he was on the field, performed at a very, very high level. Uh, he had um, he, he finished as a QB1 in week one against uh, uh, Jaguars, yes. And then he had 18 fantasy points in uh, for, on 43% of snaps against the Browns in Week 2. Uh, so had he finished that game, he would have finished as a QB1 again. Coming back to a better set of weapons, if Brevin Jordan stays active and if Nico Collins is still on the field, do you have interest in Tyrod in one quarterback league's no, no is the answer. No. <laughs> uh, super flex leaves, though, of course, like you'd be comfortable adding him. Yeah. Do you add him with the hope that he does get traded? 
or do you just add him hoping that the Texans do the wrong thing and start him? I think you have to hope for the latter, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I, I mean, if you add him, it is that possible upside of tomorrow he gets moved to somewhere that you're like very confident. Oh, well, this guy, just, they just traded for him. He's a starter. He has upside. We've seen him play very well this year. Uh, I mean, I think personally, uh, as like a Brandon Cooks owner, I want Tyrod to be the starter. But yeah. if you're looking at it in a football sense, it has to be Davis Mills as the starter. So I, I really don't understand what they're doing if it's not. That's kind of the problem. Yeah, that's very true. All right, that'll do it for our waiver wire segment. Again, this was like partly like part of the depressing part of uh, this show. Uh, not a, a lot of waiver options, but if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit us up at the cut FFB or at our ads, which are right down below our faces here at C Williams NFL and at our hall NFL. Uh, be sure to tune in to the coach approach uh, Wednesday night at 8 PM uh, college football cut will be back this week at Thursday at 10 PM Eastern time. And then DFS deep dive is always live. Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern time as well. Our rankings will be updated on Thursday morning uh, for week nine. Uh, feel free to send us any trade questions to any of the aforementioned uh, Twitter ads because I know trade deadlines are, are starting to approach. So um, I, we're, we're here to help. Feel free to send us start sick questions there as well, obviously, as the week goes on. Randy, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? No, sir. All righty. Well, we will talk to you guys again on the podcast on Thursday morning. Uh, until then, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Oh, yeah.